120 countries, passionate speeches, and Pikachu? Let's debrief what's been going on in November. Welcome to Deep Diving Into The Wise, and thank you for tuning in. For all new listeners out there, I'm Sarah, your host. Can you believe it's almost 2022? I like the sound of that. It's even numbers, and it looks nice when written on paper. 2021, for me, was personally a very stagnant year, and I didn't feel like there were much changes from 2020, except maybe vaccines, and of course, there were some positive things, but... I felt like there wasn't any dramatic changes in my life, good or bad, which I I am grateful for, that there wasn't anything bad. Anyway, it's almost Christmas too. I'm such a Christmas fan that I already started listening to Christmas songs. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. (laughs) Hey, a little festive movie can't hurt anyone. As you've seen from the title, today I'm covering the COP26. Keep listening, I'm sure it will be interesting. So before we begin talking about COP26, it is time for So What Just Happened? In this little corner, I talk about what happened during the first half of November in one minute. These are key events that personally stood out to me, so it might not be the key events that you were thinking about, but I'm sure it will be helpful to know about what's going on in the world. So as usual, I'm going to time myself. Here we go. First thing that stood out to me was that there was border standoff near Poland and Belarus where many migrants were stranded and some has passed away in the freezing cold. The second thing is that leaders in China agreed to rewrite its 100-year history. The third thing is that U.S. reopened borders for vaccinated people and there were many people coming to the U.S. Eight people were killed in a Travis Scott concert in Houston, and the causes were thought of as crowd surging. And I really was surprised about danger of concerts. The fourth thing is that the Republican governor, Youngkin, won in Virginia, which is not usually a conservative state, and this caused lots of Democrats to panic. And of course, the biggest highlight for me was COP26, which is what I'm going to talk about today. And that was 58 seconds and 18 milliseconds, I think. So now that we've caught up on November, let's jump right into the episode. Now let's just jump right into the juicy topic of today, COP26. I'm going to start with the history of COP. What does COP stand for? Apparently it stands for Conference of the Parties. Pretty straightforward name. This is the 26th COP meeting, and it was held from October 31st to November 12th in Glasgow. As it is held in Glasgow, UK was the president. World leaders and professionals from all over the world came together to discuss the serious climate issues. You might know about the Paris Agreement, which former President Trump signed out from, And this was created in COP21, and countries committed to the target of maximum 1.5 degrees Celsius increase in temperature. Countries also made national plans about how much they will reduce their emissions. And of course, this is dependent on the income of the country, because low-income countries may not be able to afford to 
reduce emissions as much while developed countries can't afford to. Anyway, this is called Nationally Determined Contributions, NDCs. Every five years, this will be renewed. The aim of COP26 is to update the NDCs. Because of COVID, the 2020 COP meeting was postponed, so this is the fifth year uh, where NDCs are going to be renewed. But also, they also aim to make strong and more collaborative plans so that climate damage can be stopped. After all, we are less than 10 years away from 2030 a crucial year that determines the life, literally, of Earth. More specifically though, there are four main goals of COP26. Firstly, to keep the temperature rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius maximum and invest in greener energy, and also reduce deforestation. Second is to protect communities and natural habitats. There are so many species on the verge of going extinct, and we cannot allow that. Furthermore, Climate change also jeopardizes human communities through flooding and natural disasters. We need to create better systems to prevent this, as I have talked about in episode 11 about Hurricane Ida. Third is finance. Specifically, developed countries using at least 100 billion US dollars per year to save the environment and giving enough funds to developing countries so they can also contribute. Fourth is collaboration. By working together, we can help and support each country to save the environment. Teamwork makes dream work. So let's talk about what exactly was achieved during COP26. The first thing they agreed to was to reduce deforestation. More than 100 leaders agreed to end and reverse deforestation. This is crucial because of Amazon fires and more forest fires, the number of trees are dwindling, and we need to stop that. The second thing they agreed on was methane. Methane is CH4, and it's one of the greenhouse gases. It is released by cattle fields or rice paddy fields, and this is often a significant greenhouse gas and causes a more significant effect of greenhouse effect compared to CO2. Geoclass is being helpful right now. Anyway, more than 100 countries agreed to cut methane emissions by 30%. However, China, Russia, and India, which are very industrial countries that release a lot of these emissions, has not signed this. Thirdly, 23 new nations decided to phase out coal use. Additionally, there will be a phasing out of coal and fossil fuel subsidies. It's the first time this has been mentioned. Overall, the idea that warming should stay below 1.5 degrees Celsius is still strong and it's an idea that has been repeatedly put forth and has been one of the main clauses of the COP26 agreement. They also included scientific data stating that 45% emission cut is necessary for 1.5 degree Celsius maximum increase. And at our rate right now, we still are producing way more than what should be produced. So, oof, there was a lot of criticism of COP26. So let's go over some of that, shall we? So in the very beginning, I touched up on Pikachu. So what was that? I actually really recommend you to Google it because it's quite humorous how there's four 
human-sized Pikachus marching, and it looks a tiny bit creepy, in my opinion. What they were doing is that they were processing coal use in Japan, as Japan accounts for 18.5% of coal consumption in the world. They were holding a sign saying, Japan, time to end coal. Yeah, they were creepy, but they were definitely eye-catching, and I think it was interesting and effective. Apparently, my teacher knows one of the Pikachus that were there, <laughs> so I was surprised, and it was kind of cool that she knows a real-life Pikachu. All jokes aside, I do think that they were being very, very passionate, and I respect their passion and anger towards the governments that aren't taking very strong initiatives to stop the climate change. And I think their aim was to be eye-catching so that someone would listen to them. There were so many other criticisms too. Greenpeace International Director Jennifer Morgan said the conference was simply not good enough. Partly because it's vague and there were no clear clause that stated that developed countries pay or provide money for developing countries to save the environment. Additionally, 100,000 people, especially young people, marched near the conference, urging them to take stronger action. Significantly, Greta Thunberg quotably said, two-week-long celebration of business as usual and blah, blah, blah. Great speeches as usual. So the young protesters were very upset and unsatisfied by the results of the COP26. Overall, there is an overwhelming criticism of the conference, though the media might be focusing a lot on the negatives because it is something that's more buzzworthy. And it's still, I think it still doesn't change the fact that at least we're trying to do something. So... I think there's at least some value in that, in my opinion. Anyway, I'm going to save my opinion for the next section, so we're moving on to that right now. So the final section is my honest opinion. Here I talk about my actual opinion on these issues and what I took from researching all this. So what did I think? Was it a failure or a success? Honestly, I think I'm leaning towards the failure side of the spectrum. But let's always start with the pros. We always want to be positive. I'm glad that they explicitly mentioned phasing out coal because that is one of the biggest polluters of the environment. And if we can get rid of that, it will significantly make the situation better. However, as someone living in Japan, which is um, always criticized for coal use and is always getting awards about being the best coal user, I do feel a little apprehensive because Japan and other countries too are so reliant on coal. So switching will be extremely expensive and I don't know if it's as feasible. I do want to stay positive, but additionally, many politicians argue that nuclear power is also not an option. And that leaves us with solar panels, but Japan has a super high population density, so it's difficult to put a lot of them as quickly as possible. And I'm sure there are some issues in other countries that are struggling with similar ideas about how to switch to different sources. So my 
view and my stance on this phasing out coal is I'm I'm cautiously hopeful because on one hand I'm very glad that they are phasing out coal but on the other hand I'm worried that people won't listen to it and countries won't be able to cut down on coal because we are so reliant and we need other features I think like cheaper implementation of new resources or stronger bans that will actually force countries to switch. Also, here's a thing I was arguing with my teacher yesterday, actually. I was saying that is it fair that developing countries have to bear the brunt of climate change as much as the developed countries? Because developed countries grew rapidly because they used so much natural resources without any environmental laws in the past. And that's why many countries were able to become industrialized. Now there's more environmental laws, which is great for the environment. And for developed countries, they can't afford it. But what about developing countries? If you have environmental laws, developing countries cannot grow economically as much. And developed countries also outsource to developing countries for lower costs and more resources. So the emissions that developing countries are producing is actually not too much their fault. It's the developed countries' fault. In this way, the global crisis is predominantly caused by developed countries. So it's, I thought it's kind of unfair that now developing countries have to go through so much regulation, more reduction in economic growth, even though the developed countries were able to experience that. Plus, it tends to be the developing countries that experience most of the problems of climate change. So what I'm trying to say here is that we need a much stronger support for developing countries. First, so that they can afford environmentally friendly technology or measures without sacrificing economic growth too much. Because there are ways to make profit without being unfriendly to the environment. The second is to have life-saving warning systems and methods to prevent disasters because places like Tuvalu is sinking and we need some kind of action. Also, if you provide money or provide support to developing countries, even without rapid industrializations, citizens can get better standards of living. The second point I want to talk about is how some countries opted out of some agreements, especially those who are newly industrialized or developed. So I don't know if the agreements that we made in COP26 is effective because even if developing countries sign it, they're not the ones who's producing a lot anyway. Also, maybe it's just because I'm not comprehending. I feel like the document created seemed pretty vague and I felt like it lacked substance. It does highlight dangers and solutions, but it's not step one, do this, step two, we need to do this. It's urgent, not mandating. But, 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 as someone who is studying economics and is very interested in economics, I actually understand the ideas of the countries and firms. You can't just force countries to sign agreements because that's not peaceful. And countries are thinking about economic growth. The thing about economic growth is that, sure, it leads to profit to firms, but it also leads to more infrastructure, more government revenue, better standards of living. So countries want economic growth, and especially developing countries may not want to sacrifice that. Stepping into that darkness, that risky path, though it might end up very bright in the future, 
it takes a lot of risk and bravery and i think that's partly why people are not taking action so to sum up my opinions i think that having this conference if anything was a step forward to the climate action however i also think that the actions created was not a huge step forward it was something that i expected something a little better but not radical and i totally understand this because of the economic perspectives of countries and their interests i think overall i agree with some of the protesters that in terms of protecting the climate and taking very very strict climate action changes it was not as effective but i also think that having this conference bring the citizens attention to the climate problems and it gives us more time to think about climate change so that's it for today's episode thank you so much for listening my opinion part got a little long but i think this is a very important issue that we need to discuss especially as the climate crisis is becoming more and more prevalent these days if you enjoyed it please consider subscribing and going to my Instagram page at Deep Diving Into The Wise. I'll also post some news stories up there and I'll be really happy to interact with my listeners. So please check that out. Thank you and see you next month.